Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 131 of the Talking Hockey Podcast. Um, today, Luke didn't want to be here just because. Just because was his answer. <sighs> Eric crazy. went to Hawaii, came back a little stuffed up, it sounds like. A little congested. Yeah. You know, a little rough. broken. A little I am rough. broken. I only, it's 7 p.m. and I woke up two hours ago. So, rough. Rough go. How's it going? How, how was Hawaii? Let's start Hawaii there. was incredible. Um, absolutely beautiful place. Uh, definitely want to go back again. Probably a different island this time, but still. Looking forward to going back, and then I'm going to Mexico in a couple weeks. So that'll be fun. No cartel uh, issues this time. No cartel well, issues. Well, I days. think there are cartel issues, but it's on the other side, so you know, okay. not gonna worry about it. So Eric thought the past two weeks in Hawaii about some topics to talk about, and here's what he came up with. Welcome back, everyone, to the Talking Hockey Podcast. It's your favorite. Producer Luke here to remind you to follow and subscribe on whatever streaming service you use, leave a review on Apple, visit our website, TalkingHockeyPodcast.com, and follow us on Instagram at TalkingHockey for daily content. Now, let's get into today's episode with your favorite group of guys, Luke, Eric, Ty, and Martin. Uh, so we're going to talk, Greg, basically Craig Button released a list of the top 21st overall picks. Uh, so he's including got Including Bedard. Including Bedard. Uh, and he's got some controversial takes for sure on there, I, I would say. It's Craig Button. You know, he just does it mostly just to be controversial, I think. Uh, so there's that. And then there's also, uh, you know, Seattle went on a tear, just like uh, Ty was talking about a little bit earlier before we started recording. They went 7-0 on their road trip. Uh, absolutely annihilated a bunch of teams, like, you know, seven goal games, eight goal games, six goal games over and over and over again. Uh, and then we're also, we have to, like, we've talked a lot on this show about Vancouver and all the shit that's been going on there, but I think it's finally come to a head, so to speak. So I think we got to talk, uh, talk that as well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's been a while since we've done this because, you know, I don't know, Luke's lazy. Eric's traveling the world. Hey, I only didn't show up once. That's I, right. I just I want that. You know what? That's fair. I enough. just want that on the on the board. Luke just decided to. He's he said, "Oh, I was supposed to go to Waterloo today, but I guess because of the snow, he's like, I just didn't go because his work's in Waterloo." And then I'm like, <laughs> "Oh, great, Luke! That means he covered the podcast." 
Mm, nah. Oh, <laughs> Just no. Just no. So uh, let's go with that that ranking of the top. I, I think we did an episode about this like two years ago. I think I ranked all the top. I gave my list of the you top did. first overall draft picks like maybe a year and a half or two years ago. We but did. you, so to be clear, the, the list isn't ranking them how they are performing in the NHL because Bedard's on it. It's how touted they were basically going into their draft year. Not going into their draft year, but during their draft year. Mm. Going into the, their draft. The hype and how they were going yes. up into the draft, basically. Yes. Okay. Well, I'm seeing how here that... scouts viewed them, basically. All right. So let's, let's go over his uh, his list then. Uh, Martin, do you have it in front of you? Yeah. Okay. All right. Great. So let's start... Uh, run through the top five, maybe, first. Okay. So he has number five, Steven Stamkos. The year he was drafted. Okay. And then number four, Ovechkin, the year he was drafted. And then number three, Connor Bedard, the this year. And then number two, Connor McDavid. And then number three, oh, number one, Sidney Crosby. Sidney, okay, to be fair, it's hard to say. It's hard for me to say 2005, I was nine years old, right? I do remember seeing a lot about him. It was was 2005, right? I think that's right. Uh, 2005, yeah. And so I I do remember a lot of it. Obviously, I didn't pay as much attention to hockey as I did back then, right? Um, Yeah. No, Crosby was definitely, like, insanely hyped. Like, uh, with with good reason. Like, he was you know, probably the best player of, like, the modern-day, the first, like, you know, modern-day great generational talent, yeah. you know. Without a doubt. Mount Rushmore of hockey sort of thing. And he's lived up to those expectations, right? I will be honest. I think McDavid got a lot more hype just because... So Social media. Social, social media, media was huge. People were just posting yeah. clips of, of McDavid dummying people in the OHL, flying past them, right? And, and I saw McDavid's so much McDavid's skills stand out more than right. Crosby's do. Crosby right? was like, like he, Crosby, McDavid's it, built for highlight reels. Crosby really, you know, his game, he does have insane highlights, don't get me wrong, but his game isn't built over the highlight reels. Yeah, he was just putting up crazy numbers in junior. Like, yeah. crazy numbers. Like, we always say he's, like, the best grinder in the NHL, right? Right. So. And he has, like, crazy, uh, whatchamacallit, like, hand-eye coordination and a, cra- a wicked backhand shot, right? That's, like, yeah. probably harder than some guys' wrist shots. But, yeah. I mean, Just incredibly smart. Incre- just and a most. really smart player. And the th- it's always funny with Crosby about, with like, you know, two random people playing as his wingers will put up 60 points. Yeah, yep, Chris right? Kunitz and Hornquist or Pascal whoever, whoever that one is. Pascal Dupuis, Dupuis is the biggest one. Uh, yeah. Kunitz, Kunitz came to Team Canada Olympic just because just just, Crosby, just Crosby was there. <laughs> and you yeah. can't complain because they won. They won, so yeah. It doesn't matter. So, so McDa- they have he has McDavid number one, Crosby number two, right? No, no, Crosby number one. Crosby, the hype, like the hype going into their well, draft here. I think it's also like how scouts would have rated them like if they were if they were like yeah kind of like the best first overall draft pick so like i mean crosby today is still like a top 
five center in the league. And he's what, thirty five? Yeah. Top ten for sure. Top ten? Yeah. Yeah. Borderline top five. Somewhere there. Thirty five. Yeah, you and, can make the argument top five. You know, unfortunately with the concussions, maybe it could have been even better, right? Where you missed what two full seasons basically from injuries. I mean he ended up a top five player of all time, so Right. Or and I, so, I have him as a top five Yeah, for sure. And I think that I think McDavid isn't going to have the same, you know, credentials that Crosby's going to have, right? I yeah, mean, he won't. I, it's almost impossible now. I don't think it's possible that McDavid's going to win what, the team three Stanley Cups. Yeah, three the team Stanley accolades Cups. are almost impossible for him to reach. Yeah. Like it'll, it'll be in, like, especially because he can't go to the freaking Olympics. Yeah, he can't <laughs> like he's kind of screwed that way. He, he probably will end up with more Hart trophies than Cosby, though. Yeah, definitely. And more Art Rosses, for sure. Almost for sure. Does Does Crosby have a Richard? I feel uh, like he has he did. one. He yeah. has one Richard. Yeah. yeah. And it was like twenty. It was like a lower goal. Yeah. He had a crazy year, but it was like a lower goal scoring year in general for players. I think. Yeah, he only had fifty-one goals. Yeah. That year, which is his highest. Only, year. only fifty-one. Only fifty-one. Yeah. Only one fifty-one. Only I mean, fifty-one. <laughs> Matthews had what sixty last year to win it. So. Yeah, and I think right now the leader in the NHL has forty, almost fifty. I'm pretty sure. Cool. Who's goals? leading the league in goals? I don't, I'm pretty sure it's McDavid still. Yeah, I'm quite sure it's McDavid still. I think McDavid's very close to getting 50 and 50 right now. Uh, he's at 40 and 48. Oh, yeah, okay. Well, I'm off. All right, so he needs to get 10 goals in his next two games. Easy. Easy goings. But anyways, yeah, sorry. Uh, okay, so we got Crosby... Sorry, Ty. I just think yeah, like like it's it's tough to compare them, right? Yeah, I mean, I think are... you can have Crosby or McDavid number one. I right. don't think I don't, you can't yeah. make really a decent argument one way or the other. I don't, McDavid I don't was that. quite hyped, yeah. And were, yeah. yeah, so you're saying Bedard's number three, but I mean, we saw how good Bedard was as a 16 year old. Oh, I mean, yeah. The most the most well watched him is at the World Juniors right now, right? And you. Yeah. You, like, and he just made like world juniors records. By to be lot. fair, seventeen. To be fair, like ten of those points were against Austria. Yeah. Right. Yeah, but so every like, every world juniors, the best team players Canada, pile up the points against yeah. the crappy teams. Like that's team just Canada plays right? the bad teams. Like Forsberg's records team. had it, you know dominated against lower team. Like every every all the top players and point totals got a significant amount of those points against some shitty teams right so it's bound to happen is what i'm trying to say uh bedard at number three though is interesting because i would have guessed ovechkin would have got more hype than bedard going into the draft now i jesus christ that actually scared the shit out of me martin i think that ovechkin wasn't ovechkin drafted in the lockout year uh yeah yeah, yeah. So he had one extra year to kind of marinate before he came to the NHL. Right. That's why him and Crosby ended up uh, the same year, yeah, rookies yeah, yeah, in the same yeah, yeah. year. Yeah, in two thousand six, so two thousand five, yeah, or whatever, whatever, yeah, whatever that year was. Yeah. So it, yeah, that's uh, they both did have hype. Um, I think if anything, the only difference is Connor Bedard's Canadian. I would yeah. say, yeah, and therefore he probably get got more hype. 
Ovechkin's played played his younger years in Moscow, like in yeah. the KHL, which arguably makes him, which made him arguably more yeah. prepared. Yeah, exactly. And he he played from a young age, like he was playing in the in Moscow in the KHL. Oh my god. <laughs> Martin and his dog. Uh, anyways, we'll come back to Ovechkin then because Martin wants to make his point. Uh, who does he have at number five? He had Stamkos at number five. That's interesting because I would have said that McKinnon and Matthews got more hype than Stamkos, but that was probably just you know recency bias on my part compared to when Stamkos was getting drafted because. I think, like, Austin Matthews for sure hit the ground running faster than Stamkos did. I think it was, like, going into the draft. If I'm understanding yeah. what he's saying, Stamkos did have a lot of hype. And again... Stammer had a lot of hype. Stammer, he did have a lot of hype. And coming from, you know, Markham, with a brother Andre. a good Andre, Canadian boy. Good, good Canadian <laughs> yeah. boy, brother Andre, high school, right? He did have a lot of hype. As, a, like, as a, like, a kind of like Ovechkin, like elite goal scorer, you know. Martin, what were you going to say? What was it? What were Ovechkin's numbers in the KHL and everything? Run through those. No, he, but it's not even just his numbers. He was playing in the KHL at the age of 15. <laughs> so, yeah, like, he was known for a long time in professional yeah. hockey, and it was like, wow, this kid's amazing. Well, he wasn't like tearing up the KHL when he was fifteen, but he's fucking well, yeah. fifteen playing against forty year old men. Like <laughs> so it's forty year old Russian men. Yeah. <laughs> In early two thousand KHL, which I yeah. bet even though the KHL probably hasn't changed as much as the NHL has changed by, but it's changed a decent amount since then. Yeah. <laughs> so there there was definitely probably hype around him because of that just for sure by that very nature yeah i think i think the consistent thing in this list will be like canadians would consistently be judged as being better than their american russian counterparts just because canada basically i I would bet i feel like matthews had a lot of what was matthews on this list yeah, I think Matthews is at number six, if I'm not mistaken. He did yeah, have a lot of – okay, maybe it's just – I think this is our bias being younger, right? For like, sure. We have clips of I, – I remember on Twitter, you know, social media prospects basically, right, versus Crosby and Ovechkin and, you know, trying to find clips of them as 16-year-olds, basically yeah. impossible. Well, well, Ovechkin would have been impossible almost to find yeah. a clip of him. Just because you weren't getting stuff out like videos out of Russia <laughs> from the yeah, KHL, yeah, you weren't getting a ton of video out of the KHL at, in two thousand three or two thousand two and two thousand one, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. fifteen two thousand one, yeah. Um, and then I, our bias is you know Patrick Kane, for example, he's drafted what two thousand seven, I want to say. Mm-hmm. So you know, like we were all ten, eleven, twelve at, in two thousand seven. It is fair that he's seven. I would say he was pretty hyped. It was well known that he was going to be an elite player. Um, though I am a little surprised Stamkos is over Matthews. I I remember Stamkos draft like not well, but like 
And I remember Matthew's draft really well. And maybe it's just because it was Toronto and it got hyped, hyped, yeah. hyped, hyped. Because Stamkos was always quite liked. And they talked about how he was going to be an Ovechkin-like goal scorer, which he he was, was and could have been even more if he wasn't so hurt, unfortunately. Um, yeah. But I would almost put him above. Yeah. And I think Bedard is five and six is like Bedard's getting a lot of hype. He's getting a lot at of at least hype. from what I see, what I saw at the World Juniors, right? Yes, he was probably Canada's best player there. Definitely was, right? But like I mean, I don't see that McDavid level speed, right? That that's like eye popping. Yeah. I feel like he's not gonna come into the league next year. You can look at me, dummy me next, you know, October. <laughs> When he scores, like, you know, a hat <laughs> when trick he gets in his a hat debut. Trick in the first game. Yeah. But, like, I just, I looked, I was watching it. I'm like, I don't think he's going to tear it up right away. I think it's kind of going to be like a Jack Hughes sort of scenario, right? Like, give him a year. I think it depends. What yeah, if, Jack like, Hughes took until his third year, basically, to, right. like, turn to Second, a star. third year to, like, turn. And into... now he's at, like, a 100 point pace or something ridiculous right. right now. So, yeah. Obviously, this is speculative, but what if Bedard is, like, what if what happened with Lafreniere, like he gets like a team, a team like not not the but like not that Lafreniere is a bust yet, but like what happened like where New York won the lottery, like literally legitimately won the lottery because they were what yeah eleventh yeah they they rose like ten eleven spots yeah eleventh from the bottom like so what if there's a team that misses the playoffs and wins the lottery? I think, and it's like I think there's there. some players that are unscrew-uppable. I thought La- yes. Lafreniere was one of them, though, right? But what the Rangers did, like, they've had two coaches I don't now. think Lafreniere was, to be honest. He was, but he was way, way, way too good for QM for the QMJHL. Like, yeah. way too good. But I agree, but also, like, and we'll get into this a little bit later, because Lafreniere isn't even in the top ten. Which is... He was hyped up though, and I don't know if that's, exactly. I don't, but I don't know if that's you know the bias hindsight, of Craig Button now. Of exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Because I was, exactly. I remember going and like talking about him in 2018 with uh, with my friend Adam, who was you know, friend of the show Adam, talking about him in 2018, like watching him what's on the, Twitter. What, really, what's the difference between Lafreniere and Bedard? Not very much. They're both. Mm, they I, both I don't know about that. I think they both that, tore up Bedard, junior. They both yeah. tore up junior. They both remember Lafreniere didn't like dominate the world. No, juniors. he he did. Not not the way Bedard. Not the way Bedard. The way he did. Bedard he was did. also injured, in I think it was the one just before COVID. So that Bedard was also on arguably a super team, which is legit what they called Team Canada this year. Team Canada uh, super team, which it didn't turn out to look. Yeah, like, okay, but, okay. So but they were calling it going into it for they sure. They were calling it to be that. Lafreniere was never on a team like that. Um, I yeah. But like they were both exemptional status. They both t- tore up their leagues. So I, it is this list does seem like it has hindsight behind for it sure. because who who does he have after Patrick Kane? I can't even read that. Uh, um, McKinnon. McKinnon. McKinnon, John Tavares, and Jack Hughes. So for everyone on this list, just to rehash it, we got Crosby, number one, McDavid, number two, Bedard, number three, Vetchka, number four, Stamkos, number five. At number six, Austin Matthews, seven, Patrick Kane, eight, McKinnon, nine, Tavares, uh, ten, Jack Hughes. It is tough. 
it, there's there's definitely hindsight looking back. Because there, yeah, I think so. Because even prospects. I think Jack Hughes wasn't getting as much hype as Lafreniere, but. Right. But I also think, uh, and and maybe this is what's influencing it, he's talking about on draft day. I think that Lafreniere was way more hyped before his draft year than than most players, uh, than a lot of the players in the top 10. Like, I think Lafreniere was more hyped than Jack Hughes, Tavares, um, maybe McKinnon, you know, debatable. But I think he was more hyped than them before his draft year. But on yeah. his draft year, he disappointed. Yes. And therefore, I can understand why. And again, I'm never one to agree with Craig Button on almost anything because he he's an idiot. A lot yeah. of the, t- or he just, or he's not even an idiot. He just wants to say controversial stuff. But I think Jack Hughes draft year, Jack Hughes was more hyped than Lafreniere uh, draft year. Basically, would you guys he, disagree? He does have Lafreniere. To be fair, he has him at eleventh. Like. He has him above Taylor Hall. And also, and like, stuff, what's he? Fair. What's he? I don't know how he's basing this off of. I mean, like, who he's? Is he talking about himself? Is he talking <laughs> about like Twitter? I think he's talking about like uh, scouts, like consensus. how yeah, how yeah consensus know. number one, how how Sorry. much consensus there was, like mm-hmm. skill wise, what people thought they would turn into in the NHL, that sort of thing. I got you. I but I think that Lafreniere was like a, a can't miss guy. Like, yes. And he yeah, probably, he was a can't miss guy. The Rangers also like in twenty nineteen, there were some people who said that Kako should have gone number one. Capo Kako should have gone over Jack Hughes. Like oh, there were Yeah, but that's my point. There was actually people making that genuine argument, but also I think it was also ridiculous at the time. Too. It was ridiculous, but I mean, like, even like ridiculous. there, there were some people like. Um, remember that guy? People were just like Elk? he's big. Yeah, people were just like he's big, and therefore over Jack Hughes for some reason. But it never made sense. Like I remember, we were on talking hockey when that draft was happening. I was making stories at the time. I'm like, everyone talking about Kako being better than Jack Hughes is an idiot. Just look at his numbers, and then even after their first year, you know, both didn't have the greatest first years. But if you looked at Jack Hughes' underlying numbers, it was just insane. Right, like one of the best transition players in the NHL as a rookie, almost. So where, how do you think Bedard does next year? I say like, it'll be hard for Bedard to like, it, especially if he's it, on like the Ducks or something like that. Let's say he if he's on Arizona yeah. or the Ducks, it's yeah, it's like maybe if he's well. up in Chicago beside Patrick Kane, he can put up some numbers or something like that. Patrick Kane might get traded. That's true too. Well, actually, yeah, yeah, I forgot. It's, he's he's a uh, he's a. Uh, a UFA, yeah, good point. But uh, uh, it's just like it's not it's not going to be like McDavid and Matthews just coming and and ready to light it up for me at least. It, looking at it, it could. No, I, I just, mean if you look at the the list here, uh, Crosby lit it up like insanely yeah, lit yeah. it up. Yeah, yeah. McDavid didn't insanely light it up, but he lit it up. It was still point per game, forty eight points in forty six games, something along those lines. Uh, obviously, got injured, which probably hampered his ability to dominate a little bit more. Uh Ovechkin lit it up completely. Again, he was he took he a had year another off, year. though. Yeah. So he had another year, whatever. And then Stamkos didn't really light it up. He had a what a forty point year on in yeah. his rookie year. I don't know if someone correct me on that. Yeah. Uh and then 40. Matthews lit it up for uh, 35, 36 goals, no, he had 60 goals. five points. Did he, he score? Had 40, 40 goals? goals. Yeah, 40 year? goals his rookie year. 
Oh, okay. So sorry. Sixty. I think he was like sixty-five. 66 but it was like it was like forty around. goals and like twenty assists or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And again, he was on a like a. The Leafs, because the thing is, the yeah. Leafs were like ready to go right after, right when they drafted Matthews, they became a playoff team right afterwards. Did any of these other teams become a playoff team? Pittsburgh? I don't even think Pittsburgh did. Uh, they drafted Crosby. No. Well, they had no. a bit of time because they had Latang coming in. Flurry and Crosby and Malkin. Stuff. Yeah. And Malkin, yeah. yeah so they did have once a all those guys kind of got their games together, I mean, Malkin and Crosby, Malkin didn't like just dominate right away, but he was really good right away. Patrick but Kane like, dominated right away. Yeah, I mean, the yeah. Blackhawks. But what I mean is like the teams around them also are important, right? Like the Leafs with Matthews became, you know, from the worst team to – I know they like barely stuck middle in the playoffs team. last yeah, year, like, but they were a know, middle like a, team with him. But yeah. like adding Bedard to the Coyotes, does that make them a, a no. middle team? No. <laughs> no. Or the even Duck? if Bedard's a, even if Bedard's a superstar right away, he doesn't make the Coyotes a good team. Oh, they're gonna be bad. They're gonna be bad like for a while still because they they're getting rid of Chetcher Chetcher probably. Yeah. Well, what's Jeez. Bedard watch? A long time what, has anyone been keeping yes. up with Bedard watch right now? Who's the top like five uh, teams most likely? So Montreal has a pretty good chance because Montreal and Florida are both not in the playoffs. Montreal just lost Cole Caulfield for the first year. I think that they'll yeah. probably end up being the worst team. Montreal, what? Without Bruh, Caulfield, the... they got nothing. Bruh, okay. But they're ten points up on the Blackhawks and the Ducks. That's true. And Coyotes are way okay. down there. I too. think. Okay, never mind. I'll take it back then. <laughs> I think that, but I think that they'll sell. They'll, but Montreal's gonna do has pretty good assets to sell. That yes. Arizona, Arizona can can dump Chikrin. They should have done that a long time ago because I think he just got hurt again. Um. But I think the Blackhawks by far have the biggest things to sell. Blackhawks like have Patrick Kane and Taves might get you like a third round pick maybe from. But they're still going to trade them. Yeah, we're they're talking about like Winnipeg going for for like a third or second right. for yeah. Taves like, right now. Montreal something. could probably like sell Sean Monahan for a first. Joel Edmondson could get like a second round pick. Right? They have some players who playoff teams are going to want to get. There's a yeah. lot of teams that could bottom out quite hard. Like the Ducks still have probably a couple pieces to dump off. The Ducks. I was gonna say they could trade Klingberg, but yeah. Klingberg's probably helping them take yeah. this point. John Gibson has been awful, like all legitimately awful. <laughs> and the are they even starting them? <laughs> Very much. Hey man, the, the Sharks could even work to take. Yeah. The really Sharks easily too. Like they're what they're fourth or something. They. They trade Timo Meyer and Eric Carlson, who are on tears this year, and, and they fall off yeah. quickly. Yeah, yeah. This, this is going to be a very Canucks, competitive Canucks, year. Yeah, for dumping Canucks, yeah. looking like they're going to dump. Um. Yeah, it's Ottawa doesn't have enough. They they Ottawa should just trade to bring it. The. I don't know about that. I don't one. think you like that. One. I don't <laughs> no, know Ottawa that can't. One. Ottawa can't tank. So, how did that no, summer of Pierre go, Martin? Looking back, <laughs> Ottawa's too good, too good to tank, and not good enough to make the playoffs. Well, they're also missing Norris for yeah. a year, basically. Yeah, and that's their best center. 
Yeah. Or, yeah, arguably their best center. It's rough. It's a rough go. Um, but the Flyers but, yeah. could dump some stuff. Islanders are probably considered getting lower. There's, like, the Islanders are way out of – they're 20 points up on the Jackets. They the, would jackets have to sell... the Jackets are Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> If the Islanders traded, like, Sorokin, for example, right, that, that's that's the only reason yeah. why they've been winning some games, right? Yeah. Like, Sorokin has, like, a 930 save percentage or 920 save percentage. Yeah, they actually have a good – goal differential for and, how low they are and the they're league. but they're but Sorokin's record is like under 500 yeah and they can't score goals <laughs> right they just legit can't and their last 10 they're one six and three yep. two like, that's rough yeah don't worry they have a big game against the Sens tonight that'll uh that might turn <laughs> turn it around easy win they have the worst record over their last 10 of any other team in the league right now so if, if you're Bedard or those teams we just listed the Blues could even Start selling and make a tank for the bottom, which they probably should do. What's What's the new rule for the NHL lottery? How many move? Uh, how many places can a team move up? Is it? Does I anyone you could remember? Still move all the way. You can still move all the way. I just think it's like no, you, can you only can't win move the all lottery. the lottery. No, no, you can't yeah, move I, all the way. No, I thought no. I I'm pretty sure you can only win the lottery. Like Ty just said. Over the oh, over like it? three years or, or five years or something. Okay, so but then for second, every team fourth, out of the playoffs has a percentage far. chance to win the lottery. Okay, but you can't get second, third, fourth, or anything like that. There's like there's something about I, I can't remember it. I'm blanking on it. Ty, Ty is right. I remember what Ty's point is now. They they do have extra good chance because they have Florida's. They have like the second highest or third highest behind the two teams at the bottom. Montreal is the second highest. So they're also only they doing have... two lotteries for the top two picks. It says. Yeah, yeah, it's not. And move, oh, move up limitation. Uh, the number of spots. Uh, Eric's right. Number of spots that a team can move up if it wins the lottery has been limited to ten picks. So you can only go. Can't from hear 10 Eric to again. One. Eric's muted. No, sorry, I put myself on mute because I was blowing my nose. <laughs> no, what else? Is, yeah, so that the Panthers are probably going to not fall bottom 10. Like, they're not going to end in the bottom 10. I don't think so. They're, But that doesn't mean that they can't move up a good amount of spots and get Montreal top 7, top 8, top 9 pick or something like that. This, again, this draft's stupid because every team knows that just, even if they're tanking and they don't get Bedard, if they end up with Mishkov, Tilly, all these guys, like they're still getting a franchise player. Man, already. if you're Florida, you have to do everything you can this year to get in the freaking playoffs. Well, it didn't help that they got a coach that has been very good at not making the playoffs for yes. years now. Yes. <laughs> and then got rid of their the, president's trophy winning coach at the same Yeah, but to blame time. the coach for what they're doing is... Yeah, I mean, he can only be partly to blame, yeah. but also... Panthers, yeah, like they made dumb moves this offseason for sure. Other, I like the Kachuk move. I don't hate it, but anyways, he's been really good. And he's, he's been, been really good. Barkov's been a disappointment. It's one of their biggest problems. Yeah, and the but and Huberto and Huberto's been awful in Calgary. Like, he's yeah. thirty points in like forty something games. Who saw that coming? Me, I called it. I think Ty, you called it too, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Just draft uh, these guys in their UFA years, man. If or, you're Bedard, which team do you want to go to, though? Like, I think you'd want to arguably go to the Ducks. Ask. 
Bedard would want to go to like Zegris. You have some pieces there. Zegris. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You have yeah. Drysdale, hopefully. I mean, Drysdale's been injured a lot. Drysdale's missing the rest of this year, I think. Yeah. But you have some pieces, at least. And you have McTavish looks good. Could McTavish good, looks right? good. Yeah. Um, Goaltending is questionable. John Gibson isn't John Gibson of 2018, right? Oh, yeah. John Gibson is getting lit up on a nightly basis, but the entire team is, and they don't even, like, it's... I mean, I like, think Bedard a... would have a time on the Blue Jackets beside Goudreau, for example, but they're such a bad team. Like, you're there, he doesn't improve No, that you don't want to be the Blue Jackets. You don't want to be there. Yeah. You're irrevel- You don't want to be in Arizona playing in fucking Mullet Arena. Firstly, and this he I might. Think, I think we might ever cool. talked about this. I don't think we ever talked about this. If once you're when your team plays in Arizona, the lighting is so bad. It is unbelievably bad. <laughs> unbelievably bad. The the TV quality, the, the, the Yeah, the TV quality is really bad. Like it's it's embarrassing. And it's like it's you need it's like, those. I can't blue believe this glasses. is a professional yeah. team. Playing in this place, yeah. Anyway, that's besides the point. But like, he, you know, he might want Montreal. Montreal could Montreal be. Montreal could be good. They have uh, Sh- sharks. Wouldn't be great. No, you there's no the teams that are that are like bottoming out that look like even with Bedard they'd be ready to go right away. Like a big return. No, they'll need a like couple. A big... Every team will need a couple years unless it's like you know who he probably Canucks wants to go to. Swing it or something. Yeah, Vancouver. Yeah. No, Ottawa. Just imagine Ottawa got him, like that. That would that would change. be ridiculous. Yeah, that yeah, would yeah. change them. Like, uh, just like probably automatic. Yeah, your user. top three centers are Stutzla, Norris, and Bedard. You, yeah, and you put Stutzla on the wing at that point or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Be fun, and the team would be so young. It'd be ridiculous. Um, but yeah, pipe dream. Ottawa <laughs> could still end up with a top four pick and get Mishkov or freaking. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's a good year to they, they could be, again. Yeah. It'd be interesting if the Blues kind of swung up a bunch of places and grabbed him. Yeah. Blues, the Blues yeah. could be competitive next year. Yeah, Kairou and Thompson. Yeah. Like, I think the Blues have a way better team Not than Thompson. the record shows. I think the Blues are like the Rangers in that sense. Like, they have a Thomas. decent team, and they don't really need the first overall pick. But they could swing up a couple places and win. And Are they going to trade to O'Reilly? They could probably trade O'Reilly and start going. Is down O'Reilly a UFA the... though? Actually, no, O'Reilly's hurt. O'Reilly's a UFA and he is hurt. If it's he is like... a UFA. Yep. Oh, okay. He is a UFA. That's yeah. I yeah, I thought. That's so. why it makes sense to trade him, but he's hurt. Kane's hurt too, which is not so good for the Hawks. I heard uh, that Kane might just take like a one-year deal with the Blackhawks and try again next year. To, like, try showcase. again to do what? <laughs> I don't know. Showcase himself. Well, get traded. I've heard the injuries potentially yeah. season ending. Yeah, so he might just sign. I think someone speculated he might just sign another one-year deal. Imagine they won the Dard. And he he comes tried back to, like, next year. Yeah, comes back next year. And again, and that comes is. back to, is Bedard going to hit it off in the NHL right away? Because really, out if of he's the, playing with Kane, he might. <laughs> out of the last ten first overall picks, the only ones that have really like killed in their first year has been McDavid, Matthews, Crosby. Uh, I mean, there's a lot. of No, them. ten years, ten years. Last ten. Yeah. They so 2013 so well onwards. 
Yeah. There's been some bad picks in the last 10, like Yakupov's in the last 10. Like Lafreniere is not doing much. Um, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Vlad didn't do much in his first year. It's also dependent on the team they go to. Dolan didn't do much in his first year. 2013, was that McKinnon? McKinnon was 2013. I think McKinnon didn't have a bad first year. He didn't have a bad first year. McKinnon had a good. McKinnon put up 60 points in his first And then he went down, down, and down, 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 and then then became in like 2017. Colorado was the worst team in one of his first three years. Like, so bad. Okay, we should. Anyway, moving on. Let's say the team we all think he should go to, Bedard, would want to go to. Next year. Yes. For best success next year. We'll move on from the subject. (laughs) Okay. All right, Ty, go first. I think Vancouver, being a BC guy, and Vancouver, and he has, has players to play some with. Some players there to play. They're Especially not a deep team at all. So they need to trade Horvat as ASAP. Yeah, they need to trade Horvat, which they're. It's, I think is pretty much a given. Pedersen's on like what a hundred point pace right now. And Pedersen, uh, might want to thirty-five be goal, well. hundred yeah. point no, pace. You got to keep Pedersen. You have to convince him. Oh to no, stay. you ha- you absolutely keep Pedersen. I'm saying like Bedard. Playing with Patterson, maybe oh, they yeah. put him out as a, a winger on his in his first year or something like that. With Hughes too back there, Jeez. Demko rebounding could Demko, be Demko a... big rebound. Yeah, Vancouver's a ways out of getting the top pick though. Like they're not bottom five. They if trade, if they yeah. trade Horvat and some other things, they could they could they're trading Luke Shen probably, who's not adding to them very much. But maybe they trade J T Miller. I don't know. No, I don't no, think actually a, no. They they brought in the coach. Already. We're gonna get into that, but the coach. Yeah, that's, uh, that's rough. Was brought okay. in for so, JT Miller. Yeah. Ty said Vancouver. Yeah, Martin. I Ottawa. <laughs> if I'm a dart, I probably don't want to go to Ottawa. Um, I yeah. probably uh, the Blues think... are just too far away. I probably would say. I think the Ducks, man. Anaheim, yeah. If you if you're actually looking at bottom bottom teams, like yeah. most likely, the Ducks. I think we gotta keep it points to bottom of, bottom teams. Yeah. Two points out first, uh, out of first last, and they have a good, like decent, they have some good not young guys good core. Up with. Yeah, they have good top six guys, not elite. Like Zegras isn't an elite superstar or anything, and never he will probably. Be. He he won't probably be a superstar, but he's going to be a star. He probably yeah. will be. Probably, yeah. probably. McTavish yeah. will be solid. I don't think he'll be a star, but anyways, all right. Let's continue with this list. So, uh, we've talked basically top ten. Um, you want to get to the bottom ten now? What we're Martin. going back to? No, no, no. Go to this. List. Talk about talk about something else. We're doing this for forty minutes here. Yeah, we're not talking oh, about buttons listing. We're screw the bottom right. ten. <laughs> okay, fine. Fuck the bottom ten. I get it. Uh, All right. Canucks transition to the Canucks, who I think Bedard, who I just was talking about for Bedard, finally fired Bruce Boudreau. It's been I don't know how long we've been saying that that was going to happen for, how long anybody was reporting that for, but. It was very clear that he was not the coach they wanted, which is it, the whole debacle. For like two there, months. The whole two debacle in, in Vancouver is that he came in as interim coach last he year. Did relatively well last year, right? And, and that's what, the only reason they kept him. Exactly. They, he rebounded they kept the team. The, he, the fans loved him. The Bruce, there it is chance every game, right? Bruce, yeah. there it is. Bruce, there it is. And then 
this year they started off i don't know what happened like they he they were on a hundred like you know basically like a playoff pace last year from when he took over he just took over kind of too late right but the point pace they were on um the point pace they were on was was like playoff where they playoff, year. basically and that's why if he, that's why we all thought pace. that full year with bruce boudreaux vancouver could possibly make the playoffs nothing went to plan i think demko was awful at the very beginning of the year then was hurt jt miller was awful bo horvat has done well but like you know he's want he wanted to leave right i don't think he wanted to leave i think i don't they think just he wants to leave him. at all I think I they just that, can't afford him. No, I heard that. I heard that he wanted to leave. Where he possibly? Um, I'm gonna send you the link. He might have wanted to leave after they signed after, Miller. After this whole no, after this whole. Okay, well, Bruce I get Boudreau now thing. why they want to leave. Yeah. <laughs> why yeah. he wants to leave. Now it makes sense. But at yeah. the start before this year, my understanding is if he they had to tried to, if they had assigned him last year, he would have stayed. Yeah. I mean, I think it's really fun because we all said at the time like that that move, JT Miller move was not a good signing for the Canucks. Yeah, you know, we I don't think anyone thought he was gonna JT Miller was gonna fall off a cliff in terms of his performance, but we all knew like Vancouver shouldn't have been the ones to sign him, and it just like it's just unraveled more and more to make everything worse. Like the fact that they're gonna lose their captain. Now, because of this, JT Miller's antics this year, it's just like everything that could have possibly went wrong with that contract went wrong. So, like, we to were already fair, negative on it, and it just went, like, so much worse. To be fair to Miller, he hasn't fallen off a cliff. Like, he's playing – like, last year he was playing out of his mind, and yeah. this year he's more playing to what he actually is. But, but like, you see – but you see But it's also the Miller defensive results. Him like, just, like, posting, not back That stuff. That stuff's the bad. One, the one about when, when he wanted the goalie to go off, but he started, like, smacking his stick on the back that of the net, telling really the goalie. That, the first awful. smack, the first smack's okay, because you're kind of being, like, go ahead, like, it's okay to go. And then once he doesn't go, you kind of just have to let it go. You kind of just have to be like, okay, he's not going. I'm just going to go about my business. But he's like, insists yeah, he just, on wasting another He just another, stays like, there and then just... <laughs> it's like, what are you doing? The goalie was probably like, oh, JT Miller in the defensive zone with the puck. He's going to give it away. Like, he always does. <laughs> I can't go off you now. Know, he was just confused. He's like, what is he doing in the defensive end? I haven't seen this happen in months. Yeah. <laughs> Like, so, but yeah. yeah, we we all knew it was bad, and it's just everything that I I don't even know what happened with the Canucks, but like, Boudreaux didn't have his flaw, didn't have didn't come without flaws. Like he was scratching Hoglander, who I think is pretty is a pretty good NHL player. Yeah, right. Boudreaux's not without his flaws, but like it's it isn't what are his flaws? It's what are the alternatives, and. Uh, who's who's the guy they brought in? Talk it. Yeah, talk it. That's he's not, not a good option. He's not a good what option. Is, I know. What has he shown? Like I look at his coaching stats. He was a he was the assistant coach in in Pittsburgh. When Rick Tockett getting hired is like the biggest old boys club move of the NHL. Because that's ever. who they wanted. He keeps getting hired rumored. and stuff. That's who was rumored for the longest time, right? Yeah. Like, he went he to was Arizona rumored last year. Yeah, he went to Arizona. Was pretty shit there for like five years. Didn't have a winning yeah. record ever. Yeah. And, and it was Arizona, to be fair. It was Arizona. To be fair. But yeah. And then, like, since, I think, November, everyone's like, oh, yeah, Rick Tockett wants, is going to be the next Canucks head coach. 
and he was on i think he was on tnt or espn and he had to give a resignation letter to get out of his contract for a month he had to give like a month's notice if he wanted to leave yeah and so that's so what it's was like holding they it up. knew for right. a while that they knew for a month he was going to be the coach yeah. and there was everybody in the media knew this all the fans knew this kind of the past month hence why they were all supporting bruce boudreau at the games right yeah yep. because he is a very like a very well respected guy from did you what the players you, say you saw the trots interview did anyone see the trots interview no uh basically trots uh did an interview with uh someone and apparently he called bruce boudreau up and was like hey if you want to like talk, we can talk, whatever. Like, I obviously don't want this job at all. He straight up said it <laughs> in an interview. He told them, he's like, I don't want the Canucks job. And then was like saying, I know it's not your fault. Like th- this whole situation is not your fault. You know, basically just shitting on the Canucks organization. Like one of the best coaches of the last decade <laughs> in the NHL calls up Vancouver, the Canucks coach, tells them, he doesn't want the job and then shits on the organization, not just on the phone privately, in the public interview, I think for The Athletic or something. That's crazy. I, I didn't even know that. Oh, man, I should have sent you guys. I, th- I thought everyone had seen it. It, it. I thought it was blowing up. But anyways, it was just an insane interview I, I read. And uh, I think it just that sums up the Canucks in a nutshell, better than anything else does. Because like, these one of coaches, the best options for a coach that you could possibly hope to get is calling the existing coach of your team going, none of this is your fault, <laughs> and I won't, don't even want the job. <laughs> like, Because <laughs> yeah, there's there's very, the, these coaches, there's like 40 coaches who are qualified to be yeah. in the NHL, right? And these guys won't pass up opportunities. Exactly. No matter what, essentially. Right. And, and then I saw this other tweet that kind of went viral. Like it has two hundred seventy thousand views, um, and basically the tweet is the Canuck. So to sum up, the Canucks they're paying Braden Holtby one point nine million dollars a season to not play for them. They're paying Jake Vertanen five hundred thousand this year to not play for them. They have in LTIR a cap hit over eighty seven million dollars because of Michael Furland and Tucker Pullman being on that list making a combined, I think, $7 million or $7.5 million between them. And then on top of all that, they're paying three head coaches a combined $7.5 million right now because of the previous two coaches they fired and the new coach that they're now bringing in. Which, which I do agree with other people. It's definitely part of the reason it took so long to get rid of Boudreaux because there was definitely someone telling the owner, like an accountant somewhere, saying – if we if we fire him at this point, we actually only owe this amount to him instead of yeah, if maybe. we fire him here type thing. Like it was definitely a book move, like a money move. They yeah. did. Firing yeah. him when they, they did. did. They did. They, they have which makes which to be fair. Which makes to be sense, fair yeah. makes sense, right? Like mil- billionaires are billionaires because they're pretty okay with money at some point usually they can um, sometimes be cheap yes yeah yes <laughs> and so it does make sense that you would wait but it was just horrendous how it all went down um but yeah. how much of this their being where they are is because of the owner 
I think it's I mean, like it's almost so 100%. hard to say because we don't have like such an inside view, but it's like how much can we blame the owner versus the the GM, the president, the like there's Rutherfords in this organization making a shit show of everything too. Are, are right. we not going to blame him? Definitely, because I, but, I don't think he handled but, this well at all, especially in like his press conferences afterwards, right? Like I think I think Canucks fans are being overly kind to the people managing the organization. And, and again, I'm not saying ownership isn't at fault. I you know I I will shit on the Aquilinis just as much as any Canucks fan wants, but. I think people are being way too harsh on the Aquilinis. Or probably no. They're probably being justifiably harsh on the Aquilinis and not as harsh or as on the uh, on the general management inside the organization. Because it's just been story after story after story after story of just shit going wrong constantly. Right? Bad signings, bad trades, uh the whole Rachel Dory incident. Uh, now this with the coach, like there's just been this constant barrage, barrage of fucking shit going on in this organization, and I can't, I don't think a lot of these things aren't just on ownership, right? Like, uh, the previous year, Benning, making that ridiculous trade for Ekman Larson and yep. uh, Garland, and that's not both, on ownership. I'm sure it was approved by ownership. Yeah. But that was a previous GM, and the previous GM was probably working with other people in the organization to make that deal happen, and though some of those people are probably still in the organization. But again, right? we all agreed back when Benny was still employed that he should have been fired probably the first year of employment. And how much is yeah. that? First three the, years for sure. The owner not wanting to pay another guy. But they extended him. Yeah, they even if that was the case, they extended him last year, and then fired him right after extending him. Yeah, I think this owner is kind of useless at surrounding himself with. I think the owners are really bad, but then also he's hiring really bad people. Weren't we also blaming the people that are really bad, or maybe we're just saying they're incompetent and it's not their fault for being incompetent? But Rutherford's a very established person in this business, and just seems like everything's going to shit around him right now. But how much of it was the owner being like, we need to be in the playoffs? We Probably need... a lot of it for Ben. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like the, the, make, the Mikheyev signing that seems like a, a Rutherford being told, you I'm need a G- to be if in I'm the a, playoffs. But if I'm a... a sta- okay, I, I can give credence to that if it's a new GM, never been a GM before, and kind of just like, I need this job, I want this job. Rutherford does not need the Vancouver Canucks. But Rutherford he's is established a, yeah. enough to make it uh, president, whatever. Right. But, I, but you get what I'm saying, right? Like these these guys aren't like nobodies that are that have been hired in that have to be a yes man for the owner. Like these are people that Rutherford does not need the Canucks. He's probably has he has enough money to retire if he wanted to retire today. He's old and as he's fuck had a already. Good, he's had and a he's had good career. Yeah, he won what uh, two cups in Pittsburgh. Yeah, um, maybe. No, two cups in Pittsburgh. Uh, Like he, you know, any, there's plenty of teams in the NHL that would hire him probably. Yeah. Right. So I, I, I'm not letting him off the hook. I'm not letting their GM off the hook. I'm not letting the people, those people hired off the hook. You know, the lady I'm blanking on her name at the moment that caused all this shit with Rachel Dory, not going to let her off the hook. Like there's people. Thank you. Yeah. Um, 
you know, you can't let all these people off the hook as well. Ferraro's wife's in there. Who? Mm-hmm. What's her name? She's an American. She's she's American. Her her brother is coaching Buffalo. Oh, Granado. Yeah, Tammy. Yeah. Tammy. That's it. She's what? She's an assistant GM. GM. Too. Yeah. There you go. You know, all these people. The assistant GM has a huge impact on the organization, just like the GM does. Right. If the assistant GM in the organization is going, no, we shouldn't do this. We shouldn't do this. We shouldn't do this. That has some weight on the GM. The GM isn't just some like all powerful figure making decisions without any it, consultation. I don't even know how it, up until now, it does sound like Rutherford's taking a step back, but I don't know how much power the GM even had in comparison Alvin, to Rutherford. Patrick Alvin. Yeah, I mean, he's a first-time GM. So, like, you know, I can understand if he's getting pressured a little bit more. But there's other people surrounding him, other people in this organization that are all part of these decision-making processes. Yes, you have to listen to your boss and everything like that. But at some point, you have to, like, take responsibility for the decisions that you're enacting as a part of the organization. This is kind of my point. Fair. But a lot of those bottom people, like those AGMs, it would be difficult for them because it is for sure what casting gates first first agm job tammy yeah. granado's first agm job and if yeah. they get fired from this they'll probably get black yeah. and ball. then and then it's not just that it's like oh, okay they're women and they got fired yeah. right away you know yeah, exactly. show badly on them you know if it's a, it's a dude he's gonna get another job like i get all that 100%. all Vin could probably get another job right like yeah yeah as at least an agm somewhere else yeah, agreed. Anyway, so let's move on from the Canucks. I think we've so the, talked just go a little bit uh, across the border there to Seattle, and then yeah, from there. So Seattle's been like on a tear. I think uh, um, they they dominated the road trip, like we said at the beginning, and uh, I think the biggest part of their domination has basically been the big storyline that we all talked about at the very beginning of the season, which is their wing depth is by far the best in the NHL. Like, probably not even close. Like, they have second-line guys playing on their fourth line, or maybe maybe not second-line guys, but, like, borderline second-line guys slash third-line guys playing on their fourth line. They're scratching dudes that could be on a third line in the NHL somewhere. Like, they, their depth is incredible, and I think Domly Shizen posted something which said, um, Seattle's least used forward is uh, Ryan Donato, who easily can play on a third line on at least 70-80% of the NHL teams in the league. He's actually, he the numbers he used was, um, uh, he's better than every other team's least used forward in the NHL by 1.5 wins. Eric, so basically the, yep. Isn't, isn't, the coach, your least favorite coach. Hacksaw, yes. I know it's pretty, but it's pretty crazy One of the them. turnaround, right? Like, like teams can turn it around pretty quickly. I think looking at the like talking about the Canucks being the polar I think bit, right. The worst coaches in the NHL will still succeed if they have a very good team in front of them. Seattle's very getting few, very good like, buy-in. They're getting very good, like whatever Hackstall's doing. They're they're. I don't give any credence to Hackstall, but that's just me. I, you can't, you can't deny that they're that like there. It's been a huge turnaround, and like they are just dominating teams. And they, they are have, dummying teams right now. 
Yes. The, and I think but I still, I'm sticking the exact same opinion I had with New Jersey at the beginning of the year with um, Lindy Ruff. Uh, yeah, Ruff, as I do with Hackstall now. I give plenty of credit to the players. Sure, I can give a little bit of cre- uh, credibility to the coach or whatever, but majority of what I would say is the it's the team that is performing on all the soldiers right now. Like I was saying, like Ryan Donato is 1.5 wins better than the worst player on any average NHL team, which is basically saying like their worst used forward is a very quality player ahead of anyone else that teams are using. But so they're also like if they got a goalie, they would also Jared McCann. Freaking, I think yeah. he's fourth in the NHL right now in terms of uh, uh, war. So they, like, they he's just, just need behind goalie, like McDavid and like one other player, I think, or Pasternak. You think, you think, I think that... it's McDavid, Pasternak, than him? Pretty sure. And, but like, you think that they can go anywhere with Grubauer and Jones? Probably not. They got a goalie, they would be. I mean, Grubauer's had good. seasons where he's been good, right? But like, hasn't been good at all in Seattle. Yes. Yeah. The he other... hasn't. So the other problem with Seattle is they have no bona fide superstar. They don't even right. have a guy close to point per game. Like that, their closest guy to point per game is seven points off point per game. So, like, is this sustainable? Without no, a superstar? It's, not, it, it's not sustainable because they can roll all four lines essentially. Exactly, they are rolling all four lines, but yeah. that's not. If you're play, if you're every night. No, but if you're every night putting out bottom two lines that is just as good as a second and third line for yes. most NHL teams, you're going to consistently win. And that was my point at the beginning of the year, which was saying their wing depth is insane. Like, it's ridiculous that their 13th guy, the guy that doesn't even get into most games, is better than most teams' third line players. It's unfortunate so it's just, for them. It's just a matchup thing. Shane Wright couldn't have walked into the NHL and been not a superstar, but even like a first line player. It yeah, is, it is unfortunate for them. It's unfortunate for them, but at the same time, like they'll be fine. They'll survive. I don't know. Like they're kind of they they give me like if Islanders vibes. They, like, they could get good buy in and stuff, but they don't have a superstar. And they they, 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 they actually off. give me the like, opposite of Islanders vibes because not Islanders, Islanders vibes right now, but Islanders coach. vibes like. Four years, three yeah, years yeah. Ago. I mean, but that's what I'm saying. Like the opposite of Islanders was because they had an elite coach getting great results out of a group of shoddy players. The Seattle is a shitty coach getting good results out of in a <laughs> a really solid forward group. No, actually, arguably they do have a superstar, Jared McCann, right now, just based off of his performance this year. Again, regression coming from for sure. I 100% agree. It's 22 but he's goals. Getting, you're getting superstar results out of him right now. Like He's probably shooting out of his mind, would be my guess. If if they trade, like I, th- I think that Seattle could use some of their assets, dangle it out for like a Bo Horvat, right? Yes. Dangle out right for Bo Horvat, yeah. one for the one sort of thing. There no, is... you do not give up right for Bo Horvat. Bo Horvat no. with an extension. Uh, even oh, then, I, I don't, still don't like I don't that at so. all. I don't, know. I I don't know. like you, that. You could all. probably trade for like a bull Horvat. Actually, I hate that. I will venture there... out and say I hate that. But anyways, doesn't does uh is what's his face one of the GMs 
well, when he was a GM, but he's president of the Canucks now. Rutherford like to trade within division. I don't think he cares. Guys? Yeah. Okay. There's some guys that really do care. I don't... There are some guys that care a lot about that. Yeah. But like it, yeah, it I, is kind I of mean, Bo Horvat would be huge for them because it really helps their seed depth, which is, you know, not the greatest. But again, Bo Horvat isn't a superstar either. He's no. having a, a star year. But yep. every year other than this year, he's a 50-point center. Right? So True. let's not overrate one insane and, year on a yeah. contract year. So you're trading for Bo Horvat in his highest value. Like this is yeah, this exactly. is buying a stock at its highest value. Like yeah, this is it, the classic UFA yeah. tear it up season. It yeah. happens every single year. There's always a team that overpays for it. And... You know, they'll suffer be accordingly, basically. So, uh, yeah. But anyways, I don't give any credence to uh, their coach. FYI, Jared McCann's shooting percentage is 25%. What, Martin? You don't think he's going to keep up 25%? <laughs> One out of every four shots goes in? No? You don't think that's uh, reasonable? Come on. <laughs> Well, Leafs legend Jared McCann. He's gonna keep up twenty five percent shooting. Should they have given up Kerfoot instead of? Yes, they yeah, should have. No, that, they did. Said that though, but the they time. did. I Sorry, they should give up everybody. Just, Justin Hall. It's Justin, Justin Hall. Hall. They protected Justin yes. Hall instead. They of... should have given up Justin Hall at the time too, for sure. Kerfoot was exposed as well. We all said it at the time. There's no Jeremy reason why they shouldn't have kept Jeremy McCann. Is a pretty good shooter. Like last year's shooting percentage was like fourteen. Yeah, that's his that's his natural shooting percentage for sure. So that's pretty good. That's yeah. a pretty good shooting. He's also got like elite defensive results right now. He's yeah. got elite play driving results. I think like it's funny, but like the Leafs would be very close to Boston right now if they had Jeremy McCann on that team. Like it it would have been yeah, way close to play like right all now. your but that's a your, topic uh, for another week. minutes and stuff. I think Martin's frozen. Anyway, oh Martin's frozen. Good time to say Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Thank you, everyone, for tuning into this week's episode. We love and appreciate each listener that sticks around to the end. With that comes reminders to leave a review, press follow on those streaming platforms, and make sure to head over to Instagram to follow Talking Hockey. We're on the road to 30K, and we can't wait to continue to build our audience. Luke, Eric, Ty, and Martin signing off. We'll see you all next week.